Hey everyone, welcome to the Holy Unto the Lord podcast. I'm Luke Lefevre. And I'm Elijah Crouch. On this podcast, we call our generation to radical holiness, audacious faith, and total devotion to Jesus. We're believing for a movement that leads to revival in the church, awakening in America, and the gospel to the ends of the earth. So let's jump in. All right. First episode. episode. Whoa. Wow. That's unity. Yeah. Unity right there. Amen. <laughs> well, guys, we're super excited about uh, about this podcast, jumping in. This has been something that's been on our heart to do for a while, and really believing that the Lord is going to stir the heart of our generation to something yeah. that we believe is really important, and that is to walk in holiness and total devotion to Jesus, um, like we mentioned at the beginning and the, you know, the intro to this podcast. And so today, and to kick off this podcast, we're going to be starting, because we're super excited, um, we have been working on yeah. a book called Holy Unto the Lord. We, you have um, been working on a book. It's been a lot of people that have, put, <laughs> that have put work into this. It is my name on the front of the book, but this book is called Holy Unto the Lord, Rediscovering the Joy of Holiness. And so for the first seven episodes of this podcast, we're going to walk through uh, the chapters of this book and go you know, a little bit into depth on each of those. And so I'd really encourage you to get a copy of the book and go through it as we're talking through this podcast. Um, I really believe that this is going to be a big key for a lot of people yeah. um, of unlocking a lie that the enemy has caused our generation to believe. And so that's even where we're just going to jump in is we believe first and foremost that the enemy has sold our generation a lie. Yeah. And it's the lie that a pursuit, a life that pursues holiness leads to dead, lifeless religion, that it's like a straight jacket that you can't have a joyful life and pursue holiness. It's either a dead, boring life or a holy life. Right. But the truth is that our pursuit of holiness that God calls us into as believers in Jesus is actually one of the greatest keys to life-giving joy. I mean, Elijah, have you seen, I mean, have you seen this kind of play out in our generation? Yeah. I mean, even in my life this past week, like Mm. I I can feel the weight of at times the enemy's lie that pursuing holiness and pursuing consecration is not worth it or that it's dead and lifeless or something that is, um, is archaic and not, pertinent to our day yeah. when in reality that's that's Archaic just not the case yeah I like those. Wow. thank you those thank words. you wow wow dictionary you might need to keep a dictionary <laughs> with you during this podcast no oh my but yeah i've seen i've seen that in my life i've seen it when i've talked to people about consecrate you know it's coming up this november and i'll, I'll talk to them about consecrate and i'll talk to them about holiness and they'll be like yeah that's great i just don't think that that's something that's reachable mm-hmm. and i i just don't think you know it seems like you're asking for perfection and you know, we can't earn God's grace. Yeah. And, and you hear a lot of that in my generation. It's definitely something that's everywhere. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, this podcast is part of a larger, uh, you know, movement called consecrate. And if you're not familiar with that word, it's kind of an old word that we don't hear a lot anymore. It's, it's archaic. It's, arca- it's archaic. It is. It is. It's a, it's a great way to describe it. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so consecration, you know, I think a great definition of, uh, you know, we both love this definition of consecration. Yes. John Mark Comer gives a really great definition where he says that consecration 
is the laying aside of things that other people consider to be normal. Yes. In order to more fully give yourself over to God. Right. And, you know, this is even maybe an interesting point on this is I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was actually, I was having a conversation with my wife, whose name's Rebecca. Rebecca and I were talking and I was just asking her, I was like, Hey, as a, as a wife, like what, what blesses your heart? What makes you feel loved? Mm. And she gave an answer that I think was really profound. And she said, you know, it's, she said, you know, she's like, as a husband, she's like, you do a great job of, you know, providing for us, of making us feel safe, you know, making us feel cared for, just kind of having those foundational things in place for us. She goes, the times when I feel the most loved, though, is she goes, is when you do the unnecessary things. Mm. And she goes, the things that weren't necessarily like, oh, that's just his obligation as a husband. It was those things that you went above and beyond to make me feel special or to let me know that you loved me. And I just felt like I got just a fresh glimpse into just this heart of the Lord in this way of, you know, the Bible says in, in John, the book of John specifically, Jesus says over and over and over, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Right. right. Or he says, you know, he, the one who loves me is the one who has my commands and keeps them. And, there's this, you know, I think this thing in our generation of, of people going like, hey, like, look, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, sinning. I don't watch that show. Like, I, you know, I, I listen to this song every once in a while or I watch that show, which maybe mm-hmm. isn't the best, but I'm not watching, you know, I'm not, you know, binging Game of Thrones, you know, or something like that yeah. necessarily. Maybe you are. and <laughs> But we're going to talk before we get into that. This is not none of this conversation is meant to have anyone feel guilt or condemnation. Yes, yes. This is something that we believe that there's a there's a deeper level of joy than our generation has experienced before that we want to call us into. So good. But so I think there's this level of us going like I just get you know I give God the basics of what he asks for mm-hmm. and you know I love Jesus. And you know it reminds me almost of like the rich young ruler where he's coming to Jesus he's like hey I'm going to follow yeah. you and Jesus is like, okay, like, you know, have you kept the commandments? He's like, yes, I've kept all these commandments, blah, blah, blah. And then Jesus goes, sell everything that you have and come follow me. And he touches on the thing that this guy wouldn't be willing to give up to follow Jesus. And I think we have a generation that is like, I don't think we can say we love Jesus the way we want to say that we love Jesus Hmm. if we're not willing to lay aside the unnecessary things. Where people might look at us and go, man, you're pursuit of holiness you're abstaining from things that the rest of our generation is taking part in is really unnecessary right and i would go good (laughs) like that tells me that that i have a hunger to be near to jesus Mm. in the way that i should you know what i mean yeah and because part so like one of the things we've talked about or just even is there's kind of this thing going around in culture too right now in our generation specifically around um what they like what we call the imago day right that yeah, all people yeah, are made up in the book. image yeah. of god yeah like i don't know like talk a little bit about that because we've talked about it just, right i don't know yeah i mean yeah you talk about that in the book and you mentioned i know you mentioned drake's album certified lover boy yeah um and his even the, the cover art which is is something yeah and uh and then you you compare it to nebuchadnezzar and shadrach meshach and abednego and the 90 foot golden statue. Yeah. And, um, you know, first when you bring that imagery up in the book or in a conversation, it seems 
like a uh, quite the disconnect. Like it's kind of out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you know, okay, well, this is a Spotify download, and yeah. this is a ninety foot tall golden statue. Which yeah. one's the idol? Yeah. You know, it seems yeah, pretty obvious. <laughs> if good. you, it's like which one doesn't belong. You yeah, know, you've got like these idols and yeah. these idols, and then like this ninety. Not really apples to apples, Drake. Luke. Like, what are you trying to? Yeah, say? yeah. And and you talk about that. Talk a little bit about that. I'll kick it back to you about yeah. the golden statue and Drake. Yeah. How do those connect? Like, but how do those connect? Because both of those, yeah, do represent the same thing in our culture and are both things that, you know, in a way we worship and yeah. we give our time to things that are we can give up for god to make ourselves closer to god talk a little bit about that yeah totally i so there's this kind of thing going around in especially like christian culture in our generation of like this idea the kind of the lofty way to describe it is like the imago day that all people are made in the image of god and because of that the art that's created whether it was created as worship to god or not is a reflection of God's nature as a creator, and because we're made in his image, when we create, we are being like God. And so whether mm-hmm. we agree with the lyrics of the artist's songs or the content of their films, like if they're like critically acclaimed and they're winning Oscars and Emmys and, and these different things, then it's okay for us to consume it because there's beauty in it and mm-hmm. it reflects God. And I think it's really dangerous um, yeah. because it a lot of Christians are using it as a way to excuse their participation in sin. Yes. And so the way that that happens is like I got in a car with a friend the other day and the first thing that, you know, pops on, on that he's been listening to is Drake. And you could tell he was kind of like uncomfortable and he was like, Oh, like, and what I hear all the time is people going, I don't listen to the lyrics. Right. I listen I, for the music. I listen yeah, to the, the music. Art. It's so it's, Christian music doesn't produce anything like this. Yes. Which I can I can fall trapped to sometimes where it's yes. like, you know, yeah, but there's nothing as good as X artists or Y artists yeah. in Christian music and yeah. there's nothing like this here. Like yeah. sure Math City is great, but yeah. they're no Drake. Like yeah. they're not producing, you know, hits like God's plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because I think that's the way a lot of people look at it. But here's the thing too is I wanna be clear is I'm not saying, like, if it was made by someone who's not a Christian, don't listen to it. The point that I make with Drake is, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue, hey, the content of Drake's music glorifies <laughs> God. Like, I don't think anybody's going to argue yes, that, right? Yes, But we're like, but man, it's for the culture, though. Like, it's, mm. it's we are consuming it because I can appreciate his talent as an artist that mm. reflects, I mean, let's be honest, like, Drake is a genius. Like, he's a musical genius. Like, he's probably going to end up being the most popular artist of our generation with he's had like 15 number one hits i mean it's crazy and so the way that i like it you're talking about nebuchadnezzar and this statue and shadrach meshach and abednego right which if you grew up in church you might be familiar with that story if not i'll give you just like a quick synopsis but basically shadrach meshach and abednego are these three israelite young men who have been taken captive and are in the most like powerful and wicked nation on earth, which is Babylon. And so they are there, and the king, whose name is Nebuchadnezzar, creates this idol of solid gold that's 90 feet tall. I mean, it's huge. And he, he invites all of the leaders of the nation, including Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to come and says, when you hear the music start to play, by law, you are commanded. You have to kneel down. And worship this idol. Right. And so what happens is 
the music starts to play. Everyone starts to bow, except these three young men are left standing. And so Nebuchadnezzar says, well, I'm going to throw you into this the furnace. So basically right. this giant fire. And mm-hmm. throws him in, but turns God saves him. Turns it up yeah. even hotter, so the guy's throwing them in die. die. But they don't even get, their like, clothes don't even get singed. Right. And the Lord saves them and, you know, crazy miraculous story. And so, you know, I make that point in the book and people are like, I don't see, I don't get it. How does that yeah. like connect between Drake and that idol? Yeah. My point in making that is Babylon was the most powerful, cultured nation on the, in the history right. of, of, of earth at that point. Right. And so you have the most wealthy cultured king, you know, commanding the creation of this idol this thing was probably the greatest, single greatest piece of art that had ever been created at this point in human yeah. history. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what we don't see from them is them going, mm. man, we don't agree with the heart behind the idol. <laughs> you know, but this is what right. we, this yes, what, exactly is. what it we is. do. I don't agree with the heart behind the idol. That that is something that God commands against, mm-hmm. right? Like sex, like the 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 praising of sexual immorality right. and profanity that happens in you know Drake's music, for example. Like we don't agree with the heart behind that. That's something God commands against. Mm-hmm. But can you please find me the dude that made this idol? Because I just like, man, I want to show the picture of like the idol to my friends and be like, have you ever seen such beautiful art? Right. And they're not going, man. Going back to the Imago Day thing. This is Mm -hmm. such a great reflection of God's glory because of the fact that we're made in the image of a creator and we have now created. They're going, this profanes the ability that we have as people, as humans, to create and be like God. Right. And so we make that point. And so, you know, a couple of the the things that we hit on in the book of, I don't actually, do you want to pull this up and read it maybe? Yeah. Um, In 2 Corinthians 6... 16 and then through 7 1 mm-hmm. you know we want to hit on scripture of like what does the bible say about this you know this is not luke's opinion this is an elijah's opinion what does the bible say about this pursuit of holiness that we're called to as yeah. believers and if you want to read i think i do it in the new living translation in the book just because i think it's an easy to grasp one go. um but yeah if you want to read that for us yeah for sure and also to recap what you were just saying so the, the parallel between the the big 90-foot gold statue yes. and the small cover art on my phone yeah. is that both of them, in both cases, you know, in the biblical case, they don't worship the art. Yeah. Instead, they say, no, we'll still die for our God and not bow to it at all, not even yeah. for art's sake. Yeah. But for us, we give ourselves com- pretty much completely to this music and then are just like, yeah, but the music, yeah. you know, that's the connection. Yeah. 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 Or I see that a ton with like indie films, right? They're like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, sex scenes and all the things and like, but it's Ooh. the art, you know, it's the yes. art. And it's, you know, if we're looking at a biblical standard, right. we're going, man, this does not reflect God's image through our creativity. This is a profaning of God's image through yeah. basically taking what God has given us as these gifts and using them for, for sin. Yeah. Yeah. Second Chronicles six sixteen. Second Corinthians, sorry. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are a temple of the living God, as God said, I will make them and walk among them, I will be their God, and they will be my people. 
Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I'll welcome you. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. Yeah. Yeah. I think the line I want to highlight there is the working towards complete holiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be hard for us because maybe you can talk about this a little bit, but yeah. I think our generation has a fear of, um, am I ever going to be, am I ever going to live a completely holy yeah. life? You know, and that's kind of a fear. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day where it's like praying and just feeling the weight of holiness and some of that is is good and, and fearing the fear of God is weighty, but some of that was just oppression where I was like in my flesh and the devil where it's like I don't I don't want to do this. This doesn't seem fun at the moment. It doesn't seem great at the moment. And just my prayer to the Lord was kind of like, you know, this seems this this seems like either I have to be I have to be perfect to be into heaven, but then yeah. that's not grace because I have to be perfect, but then I can't be perfect. Yeah. And, you know, so then do I have to just like try really hard and yeah. then go to hell anyway? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah. that seems like a bad option. And and It's a really bad option. It's a bad option. So I was praying through that and just like, Lord, this feels weighty and it doesn't feel like it's by your grace. And it feels like I'm trying to do a lot. And, it you know, the whole like by grace through faith seems more like through works than faith at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as I was praying and seeking that one thing that I kind of came to mind, I think, uh, by the Holy Spirit was that it's not about how much of ourselves is holy, mm. but how much of ourselves we're giving to the pursuit of complete holiness. Mm, that's it's not good. necessarily the 100% holy part, yeah, yeah. but it's the giving myself 100% yeah. to being completely holy. That's really good. Um, you know, there's, there's a quote in Brother Lawrence's The Practice of the Presence of God, yeah. which we can touch on more in a later episode. Yeah. And he writes to this one person and he talks about how you know, hey, she thinks she can move faster than the rhythms of grace, and she thinks she be, she can become holy all at once, and that's not how it works. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's the one hundred percent giving yourself to the pursuit. Yes. that's how it's showed up in my life yeah. recently. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Say so like that it was. You said it's not. Are we one hundred percent holy? But are we giving ourselves one hundred percent to to pursuing to the pers- being? Yes, holy? The, the that's complete so good. Pursuit of being holy. Yes, because Bible yeah. says we must work towards complete holiness. Right. right. So that means. If we're working towards it, it means we're not going to be completely holy. That's what the Bible, you know, we talk about of sanctification, yeah. right? Of like this growing into the the image of Jesus. And I think one of the, the ways that this so gets twisted for us is, you know, in John chapter 15, uh, I think it's verse 11, mm-hmm. Jesus has just been encouraging his disciples over and over and over in that chapter keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Keep yes, my commandments. And it almost yes. starts to get heavy of like, wow, this feels really burdensome. Yeah. And then he makes this statement that it just like snaps the light on and goes like, oh my gosh. And he says, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you yes, and that your joy may be full. Yes. And Jesus is telling us to keep his commandments, not because he's like, I'm holy, you're not, and you really need to try harder. He's saying, listen, he's like, I haven't given you these commands. You know, as Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He's right. he's going, I'm telling you these things because on the other side of it is your joy. And, and the Bible says in John, he says, um, he who has my commands and keeps them, 
he's the one that this is the one that loves me and this right. is a mind-blowing thing he says and he who loves me will be loved by my father mm-hmm. and we will come to him that person yeah and we will and make, make our, our home, home with, with him. him yeah and i jesus saying i will manifest myself yes. to that person the promise of this you know it says pursue complete holiness why because it's just been talking about second Corinthians chapter six it's going god wants to dwell in our midst yes. as the people of god like he, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like that's the promise that's on the other side of us pursuing holiness. Yeah, and just that that going your that my joy may be in you. And Psalm sixteen, I think, is another great example of where it says, "In His in Your presence, Lord, is the fullness of joy. Right, not just joy, but the fullness of joy." And Jesus parallels that with going, "If you keep my commands." That's that's out of the desire to right. love me, and we I will manifest myself to you, the presence of God, where the fullness of joy is. And I think that's what we have to get back. And, I mean, to kind of wrap the idea, and as we, we close, one quote that I love is I think, I think our generation kind of plays around with the idea of sin. We like to see how close to the line we can get without yeah. sinning. One great quote by a man named John Owen. He said, be killing sin. Or sin will be killing you. Right. And I, we like to play with fire, and sooner or later, you're not just going to get burned. Like, it's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like, oh, man, okay. like, that wasn't good. Um, you know, sooner or later, it's like, that's going to hurt me. It, it's it's going to destroy your life. And I think a question that I hear a lot um, just in, like, youth, young adult ministry, like, talking to people in our generation is they'll hear us talk about consecration, right? Of right. Like sacrificial love and devotion to Jesus. Right. And they'll go, so where's the line? Yeah. I mean, I've asked you that question, yeah. right? With all, yeah. all sorts of things, like particular yeah. couple issues. I'm like, Luke, is this like the line? Or like, yeah. can I can I do this? And yeah. the, the question's like, can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 That's a great – and because it, it's – that's what we all want to know, right? Right. Like, we want to know like – Okay, I know that sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend is a sin. Yeah, totally. But what about like making out? Right. Or I know that listening to this particular artist and watching pornography is wrong, but what about Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what about like, <laughs> Game of Thrones? Or what about like a show that just yeah. what about has... the office? It's just crude joking. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. questions like that of like these things of going the crude jokes or you know, or you know, frequent um, profanity, things like that. Right. We're like, so where's the line? Right. And I think what will help us is I think that's the wrong question to be asking. Hmm. And I think the question we should be asking is not how close to the line can I get without sinning? Right. But rather how close to God can I get without holding anything back yeah. from him? So good. And, and if we'll switch our mindset to that type of pursuit, of going, my goal isn't to go, what can I get away with? Right. Like, what's the unnecessary things that I can mm. lay at the feet of Jesus to go? Because mm. it's it's the the hunger, and I'll say this, the hunger for holiness, and we'll talk about this more as we, we get into the book further. The hunger for holiness does not come from a, a desire to just do all the rules and, right. and just be a rule follower. The greatest and deepest desire for holiness comes from a desire to know Jesus more deeply and mm. go, I've tasted of what it's like to be near to Jesus. Yeah. And there is nothing that's worth yes. getting in the way of And you that. talk about, the, you mentioned that with, with the analogy of pure water. Yeah. Which is a good one for me because I, 
because I work in coffee, one yeah, thing yeah. that we talk a lot about is like different types of waters and what works best. And so like we've even done tastings with water. Yeah. It's yeah. like what water tastes the best. So yeah. I know what really good water tastes like. Yeah. And you talk about the pure water and like I used to live in East Tennessee and we had springs and that water was great. Yeah. But then you go on vacation to like, you know, saltwater beach mm-hmm. and then there's just the water's the worst. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, yeah, man, you do want to crave that pure water and that yeah. pure you know, desire for God drives holiness. And that's so good because yeah. that's just such an easy distinction between like, yeah, it's not trying to get all the particulates out of your water. That's not the end goal. Yeah. The goal is that you want pure water. Yeah. Because that yeah. sounds good. It sounds better than muddy water. Yes. It's not, you know, it's not just getting clear water for the sake of clear water. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. And it's like this, this thing of when I remember like in high school, like I started drinking like stopped drinking soda or yeah. Coke or whatever part of the Still country and, you know, that. Coke or soda or pop yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one pop. of those. Yeah. That's, okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> so everything is like, I, I don't know. Everything kind of just ends up being Coke for me, which I know is like yeah, blasphemy to some people, but yeah. it's okay. Right. Uh, you'll get Cro- it. Coke or LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that bad, but <laughs> it's like, I, I just stopped drinking soda and Coke, like just out of the blue. And I remember for like a year, all I drank was water. Right. And all of a sudden, uh, after a year, I was like, you know, I'm going to try a Coke. Like, I'm just going to grab a Coke with this meal. Yeah. And it was no longer refreshing to me anymore. Like, it used to be. It tasted like this thick, sugary syrup. And I realized that nothing about the recipe in the Coke had changed. Nothing had changed except my appetite. Yeah. And when you consume the pure water of God's word and his presence above everything else, you'll start noticing that the songs, the movies, the things that you participated in that once satisfied your soul, no longer do that anymore. Right. Nothing about those things has changed. Right. Other than your appetite because you've been feeding on something pure. So good. And it changes what satisfies you. But we're going to talk more about this yeah. as we get into it. But this is a great start. I think this is going to be yeah, totally. You know, I, we're really praying that this helps uh, a generation come to love holiness out of love for Jesus. And yes. so these are going to keep releasing uh, these episodes. Just again, a couple announcements, things to keep an eye out for. The book will be coming out on October third. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We're really excited to get that into your hands. Also, if you haven't already. We have Consecrate 2022 coming up here in Nashville. November 5th. Where, yes, it's going to be a gathering Can't of wait. students, young adults from around the nation. Actually, I think a couple of people from different nations wow. are coming. That's cool. Um, and so it's it's us coming together to make a statement as a generation to say we belong to Jesus. That's right. And our whole lives are devoted to Jesus. And we're going to hear from great leaders from around the body of Christ, like John and Lisa Bevere, Gabe and Rebecca Lyons. Cade right. um, Thompson is going to be leading worship, Chichi Onyekon, a bunch of friends yep. from around the country. And so it's a free event. Uh, we raise all it's the a funds. free event? It's completely free. Wow. I know. It's pretty legendary. It is legendary. It is. And because uh, we want to make this as accessible to people as possible right. to go, this is about a generation coming together. And so if you haven't already, you can go to consecrate2022.com and you can register. Join us in Nashville. We'd love to have you there. And we'll see you next episode. Yeah.